Well, 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 here we are for the final episode of the year. Actually, this might be coming out on New Year's Day. I think that that is going to be the Saturday. I'm recording it a couple of weeks in advance. But for those of you who are watching on YouTube, I actually have the Doing Jacked Girl shit T-shirt on today because I've just picked them up. And those of you who have bought one, I'll be posting them out um, and you would have already got them by now, which is super, super exciting. But welcome to this episode. What a year it's been. And having started this podcast, I think it was July or August when I started it, I thought it would be a great time to do a little bit of a wrap up too with being the end of the year. and talking about top five lessons that I've learned. I also just chucked this out a little while ago, like, I don't know, two hours ago on Insta and asked you guys what were your top lessons and there are a couple there that I'd love to discuss as well. So I'll go through my top five and then I'll talk about the answers that were coming through on the Insta web. So I've got two training ones to start with, a business one, a food one, and then a mindset one, and then we will get into yours. So without further ado, here we go. Welcome to the Fit and Free with AIM podcast. I'm your host, Amy Louise. By listening to this podcast, you'll gain clarity and apply now principles in relation to training, nutrition, and mindset, all designed to help you build a strong and lean physique and show up as your best self at the same time. If you're a woman who struggles with excessive behaviors when it comes to training and nutrition and think of yourself as a perfectionist, I hear you, I see you, I was you, and I know that you're in exactly the right place to turn that ship around and build a body you love inside and out. So let's go. The first lesson has got to be how important it is to have a dedicated goal that you're working towards and how much of an impact having a dedicated goal does have on training intensity. And by that, I mean our ability to really push and train within a relevant proximity of failure so we're talking a few reps of failure maybe three or four and and really because it's such a skill in it in and of itself and then if we can do that we're working within an effective rep range our gains are going to be so much better and you know this this lesson is uh, I guess a lesson from both this year and last year especially with lockdown and, and managing that last year I had a barbell some plates and a very rickety squat rack and bench press rack bench rack and it was really really interesting at that point in time I had come off a powerlifting prep at the start of 2020 partway through the year well sorry I'd come off the powerlifting prep then we're going to do a hypertrophy block just to help improve um, through powerlifting as well Uh, but you know have a bit of an off season but then lockdown hit and so I was training in my garage gym with my barbell plates. Wasn't really able to do too, too much, but like deadlifting, squatting, benching, some rows, you know, like barbell work, right? And, you know, it was okay. And, and reflecting on that, I think I actually did a great job. I would have been training at least three days. So I would have been programmed four days of training. And I think I was making it work for three days a week, which I think upon reflection, reflection I was pretty happy with, pretty happy with that. 
And at the time I was sort of um, in and about what I wanted to do. I didn't really think powerlifting was an authentic pursuit for me and I was doing it for reasons that weren't really, yeah, authentic to me. I'll keep it at that. <laughs> and I decided that I wanted to go back into hypertrophy training. So told my coach, he was like, yes, uh, I think that was music to his ears. He was very happy with me coming back into hypertrophy training. Uh, we've been working together for ages now and uh, he actually helped me post my bikini show way back in 2017 is when we started working together. And um, I was actually asking him, a lot of questions back in 2016 when I was going through my really rough period. He wasn't my coach at the time, uh, but he was someone I was leaning on. And I think, I think, I think he's always said to me that he has seen potential for me to get back up on stage. But uh, of course, that really affected me early on back in like 2017, 2018. I said I would never compete again. But anyway, partway through last year, I was like, you know what? Hypertrophy has my heart. I love bodybuilding style training. I prefer it to squat, bench and deadlift. Not that I don't like those movements, but the whole powerlifting competing it's really really fun and has its place and a lot of people I have plenty of clients who are doing it but for me personally I love hypertrophy training I love I guess we'll call it I don't I don't really want to call bikini bodybuilding because it's not but that style of training I think we all know what I mean so I transitioned uh, last year into back into really physique focused training and then at the start of the year I've I've done a couple podcasts talking about my decision to jump back into competing you you may or may not have listened to them but having that goal and then all the lockdowns that Melbourne has had to go through since the start of this year 2021 I think really really helped keep me consistent and I did, I was able to train minimum of three days per week the whole way through. Again, yes, I was programmed for four days, so no, I was not perfect through these lockdowns. And I was very, very fortunate just at the time of the most recent Melbourne lockdown, which now almost doesn't seem real, even though it probably wasn't that long ago. I was actually really fortunate in that I'd bought a whole lot of gym equipment. And so I have been able to deck out my garage with a whole lot of stuff and some flooring, which is really, really cool. Got a cable machine in there now, an inclined bench, flat bench, got the squat rack and a whole bunch of plates and those adjustable dumbbells, which is awesome. But truly going through that. And if I, if I hadn't had such a a, a significant goal in my mind, I think it would have been really, really upsetting. And it was hard. Even with all the equipment I had, it was hard. And being a coach, you know, being a coach, setting an example for women, it was still pretty hard with the lockdown, but I know having that goal made it a lot easier because I was, you know, really passionate about the goal. It's a fun goal for me. And yes, it's at the end of 2022. So it's, it was far away, I guess, halfway through this year, seeming pretty far away. But at the same time, I also tend to work pretty damn good with long-term goals. I am a delayed gratification gal. I think that that is one of my strengths. I'm pretty damn good with delayed gratification. I'll actually tell you a story about this because I do think I exhibited those traits as a child. So it wasn't really much of an uphill battle in terms of learning that skill for me because I'm a big believer that a lot of these personality traits are actually skills that we can practice. So if we don't possess the personality traits that we want, I actually am a growth mindset believer in that if we are intentional every single day, we can choose which personality traits we would like to practice each day. And then 
before you know it, we go from, well, I'm just lazy to shit. Like I'm actually disciplined. I'm a disciplined human because you just practice that trait. So I, I can't remember exactly how old I was, but I think I would have been 19 and I was reading a book. I remember reading a book. It was actually on financial advice, but I was reading this book and I wish I could remember the name of the book. I cannot. It was written by an Australian, someone uh, in finance in Australia who was writing articles, an older gentleman. And yeah, again, this is, this is from his book and I wish I could remember which book it was and I can't, but he had a, a little anecdote in there about sacrificing the ice cream for the bike. So think about being a little kid, think about being a little kid who your parents give you pocket money and you need to save up for what you want. And so this little kid, all of his friends are getting ice creams once a week, but this little kid decides rather than buy the ice cream and do what everyone else is doing, he is going to save that pocket money week by week and he's going to save up so he can buy a bike. You know, Just say none of his friends have a bike yet. No one's saved up for it. It doesn't even matter if they do or not, right? But that has stuck with me. What am I, 34? That's 14 years this has stuck with me. And I think about it a lot. And whenever I start to waver, because I must admit there are days that are much more challenging than others with everything, like business, training, whatever, I I always think of this saying, like, sacrifice the ice cream for the bike. So it's put aside what might feel good right now because I know I'm saving up to invest in whatever's coming in the future. And, yeah, it really, really stuck with me and it's something I say over and over again in my head so I can, I can deal really well with longer-term goals because I just know what I'm working towards. But last year when I was sort of in a bit of a limbo with, like, am I powerlifting, am I bodybuilding like what am I doing here it I didn't have the pizzazz and I I felt like I'd lost my mojo a little bit and even when the gyms opened up last year and I hadn't decided to get back to stage there were some times some pretty rough times in the gym where I would be in the gym like just crying like I remember being on the leg extension machine and just crying it's not because I was training hard but just because I was just really unhappy I was just really unhappy Um, and I don't mean overall (laughs) but just in that just not having such a clear goal. I, sh- I really work well off clear pathways. Anyone who knows me like will know I love steps. Show me the steps to what I need to do. I need to reverse engineer what I'm doing. I love having clear plans. I love having routines. And I'm not too bad with change, but I really do like to have control over everything that I'm doing. And just giving myself a, a very clear outcome has, has really changed my training intensity and especially through a really rough time. And even my food, to be quite fair with you, again, not perfect. Uh, I, I have macros to track and I loosely track some, some weeks. I might not enter anything, but in my head every single day I'm, I'm doing it. Uh, so that wouldn't be perfect, but it's still very, very mindful and intentional. I, I know where I'm going. And it's totally fine if we need periods to back off and pull back and prioritize other things in our life. And I've got a couple of clients who have had to pull back just recently, just with, you know, their own um, personal pursuits and what they want out of life and, and figuring themselves out and where they're going. And that's totally fine. But if we do have desires that relate to strength outcomes, performance outcomes, physique outcomes, like just say these things are very important to us at a given time, then I think it is really important that we 
also marry that up with a goal. And it can be something super, super fun. It could be a competition. It could be a photo shoot. It could just be some numbers that you want to hit in terms of like um, particular volume progressions. But having some kind of outcome that you're working towards, it could even be like, you know, I want to grow. So I want to see my centimeters go up. So, you know, you might have a glute. Uh, measurement that you want to hit and even if you don't hit it it's like you're at least you've got a roadmap to where you're going and you can reverse engineer what you need to do so that was lesson number one lesson number two is just the impact that your training environment and the people you spend time with impact how we show up in training and in life and I would say check that often check your social circles check your gym environment so I swapped gyms a couple of times to improve my environment has a had a big impact I changed the times that I was training a little bit had a big impact okay uh, even music choices a comfortable clothing all of those things they legit have an impact and I would I would highly recommend that you are uh, assessing these things often and if everything's going well you don't need to assess it but if you feel like maybe you're losing a bit of pizzazz or mojo in the gym just to have an have a you know an inquiry into clothing uh food you know maybe you need some intra-workout carbohydrates uh what gym are you at what time are you training uh, all of those sorts of things are important and then like i said your circle so a lot of the women i coach are actually the only the only women in their circle who's training uh a lot of women don't have friends who train uh, and i can understand that can be challenging but I hope I'm I hope I'm the kind of coach who is fostering a community. I know a lot of my clients have met each other on socials through Instagram and are connecting with each other that way. And that can be really good to create friends in, in this space and even social media friends like I know it's not in person. I know they're not in the gym with you, but being able to talk to people who understand uh, what this lifestyle involves because it's different to what 99% of the world are doing. It's really different to what everyone else is doing. And I'm now, I'm so fortunate. I mean, I've created these bubbles and I think I've created these bubbles on purpose, but uh, everyone around me, that I, I spend a lot of time with is lifting, is in the gym, understand it, understands it. Even my, like my two best friends from high school uh, don't, they're not into the gym to the extent that I am, but they actually both train, right? Uh, or at least have trained. <laughs> I know one of them is training at the moment. And I think the other one is having a break, but they're keen, you know, they're keen to uh, be in the gym. So, it's never challenging and they actually also prioritize their health. So it's, ne I've never have to explain anything um, in terms of like what I'm doing. I never get questions about like you're being obsessive or what are you doing with your food or why are you having that? Like my whole, yeah, I'm just incredibly grateful for my circle. And um, of course my partner heavily involved in training. So very, very important goal for him too, which just makes life so much easier and it's really fun. And, uh, the people who are closest to us, of course, have an impact on how we see things as well. And uh, again, the people that I am with the, at the moment are, look, high achievers, really, really high achievers. I have I, a couple of my clients are very close friends of mine. Um, actually, it's more than a couple. A lot of my clients have become close friends of mine. I'm very, very fortunate. And a lot, a lot of my clients are quite longstanding clients. 
and we're all of really, really similar mindsets, um, which is super cool. And I think everyone in this circle is amazing at, because we're all, we're all high achievers. We all want a lot out of what we're doing. I think everyone has a really good balance between knowing when to be like, shut the fuck up and do your training session and stop complaining and yo, 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 you need a break, bro. Like take, take, you know, a few days, take a week off. And I think we're all sort of on the same wavelength when, um, you know, knowing when to say to each other, you know, shut up and get your workout done or actually dude, I, you know, you've been reporting X, Y, and Z, lots of stress, blah, blah, blah. I think it's time to pull back. So it's just, yeah, I sound, I, I don't know if I sound full of myself or whatever. I'm just, ex- honestly, I'm just extremely grateful for um, my clients, my friends who are <laughs> my clients, um, my partner, my coach, uh, the circle that I have is just phenomenal and it matters. It matters a lot because just say, you know, uh, just say you're a high achiever as well, but then the people around you are like thinking that you're obsessed with stuff, you know, the feedback coming from them will be like, just skip it, just skip it, just skip it. And it's like, sometimes, yeah, you're going to need a rest, but other times, no, you're going to need to be told to just shut up and get on with it right so check your environment check your circle okay the third lesson is a business lesson and this I the reason why I wanted to put this lesson out there even though not everyone is running their own business is because I think it applies to everything so it is don't let the fear of all of your what ifs stop you from taking a punt on yourself and if you're anything like me, I, I wouldn't say I'm an overthinker anymore, but I think about things a lot. I can see the gray. I'm a nuanced kind of person. I can see the nuance. I can see both sides. Uh, there's often more than two sides, right? And I do think about things a lot and I, I um, consider them for sure. But every now and again in my life, I can see where I've taken a punt and done something that potentially can look not safe, potentially not smart, uh, not logical on the outside. And I'm really excited to say actually every single time it's worked out for me. Even sometimes I can remember maybe when I got my first job, uh, it looked like it wasn't panning out for me, but then, you know, like a miracle happened like two weeks later. So there's some crazy things that happen when you do take a punt on yourself and you go all in. And I might tell you the story. So when I uh, finished uni, I I got okay results, but I wasn't the top of my class. And I was working at the firm that I eventually got a job at as a photocopy clerk, right? So I went to the interviews to get like the, I think it was like a trainee lawyer position. That's what they were calling it. I think it was like the first year of, it was calling it a traineeship. It used to be doing your articles. It's like 12 months of, um, you know, shadowing uh, the lawyers at the firm. And then you'd be um, admitted as a lawyer. Um, And so I went for the interview and I actually didn't get it. I didn't get it. And I said to them, you know what? Thank you so much for the opportunity. I really want to work at this firm and I'm going to try again next year. So I'm happy to work at this firm, happy to be a copy girl for another year uh, or maybe even like a legal assistant, but I'm going to stay here and I'm going to try again next year. Yeah. And I was like, fuck it. You know, I really want this job at the time. I really wanted that job, and there I could have had a meltdown. I know one of the, one of uh, a colleague of mine didn't get it and had a meltdown, and it was quite a public meltdown about it. But I thought, you know what? No, I'm again. I'm going to punt on myself. I'm going to spend a whole year, you know, doing casual copy work, photocopy work, if I have to, because I believe I can do this. 
And the coolest thing ever, two weeks later, I actually had a call from HR at the time and she was like, you know what, we've actually got a spot for you if you want to take it. So that was just a really cool example of taking a punt on myself. And uh, this year, you know, I did that too, jumped out on my own in my own business. Uh, and to be honest, that was terrifying. I'll be really honest with everyone here who's listening. Uh, yeah, I was terrified, absolutely terrified. Just heaps of what ifs. What if this fails? What if I'm not um, good enough? What if I'm not good enough at, you know, spreading my message, getting out there, blah, 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 blah. Uh, what if I don't know how to do, you know, all the backend stuff and create things and yada, yada. And it was like, well, I'm going to take a punt on myself again. And, uh, yeah, it's been ridiculously successful. And I'm, again, just ex- extremely grateful to everyone. Uh, I have the fucking best clients ever. It's just mind-blowing. And like I said to you, so many of them are my friends. Um, have become my friends just because how aligned they are with, you know, my mission, the way I think they're all helping each other. They're messaging each other. It's just the coolest thing in the whole wide world. And I've got more time than I've ever had. I've got more freedom than I've ever had. And, um, you know, like financially uh, very successful, (laughs) uh, which is, which is really, really exciting. So if, if you could take anything away from this one, again, don't let those fears stop you. It's totally fine to have the fear. It's totally fine to question yourself. It's totally fine to make a list of pros and cons or whatever. But if you want to take a punt, if there's any part of you that wants to take a punt on yourself, fucking take it. All right, uh, going to nutrition. Okay, so keep it basic and micros matter. So the last few months I've been really looking at my performance in training sessions and so not a micronutrient but we have been looking at like uh intra-workout carbohydrates just to help fuel my training sessions obviously i'm in a surplus at the moment so i'm on lots of food and that was something really um, really helpful to have carbs during my training session but micronutrients matter and this was something where i was just sort of seeing that you know i'm eating plenty of food but feeling a little bit tired so um I am going to be getting a blood test soon just to make sure I'm dotting all my I's and crossing my T's, but also just making sure that I'm having a wide variety of fruit and veggies every day, switching up lean protein sources every now and again as well. So I've got, I've got two there. It's like, keep it basic. So I work really well off basic food. It's so funny. I, back in the days where I was super restrictive, I would have hated the idea of eating the same thing over and over again, because to me that was what I was being told I had to, or I thought I had to, and that felt really restrictive but now that I know I can eat whatever the fuck I want I am actually eating the same thing most of the time and it's very very basic it's very easy for me to keep track of so like I said you know even though yes I have a I track macros technically I guess I get macros you know to track from my coach because I'm eating so basic and the same shit every single day uh, I don't really have to spend too much time going into the app and tracking things a lot of it I can do in my head my results are always in line with what we're trying to work towards nothing's ever a surprise um and yeah like again i you know i'm a coach i've studied nutrition i've read a lot i've got a lot of experience uh i was tracking macros for i think like two years prior to becoming a coach so that's like eight years now right so it's a long time uh, but it is really important to make sure we're getting a variety of whole foods. Uh, micronutrients are super important, especially for I was uh, doing uh, quite a bit of research on hypertrophy for the growth phase course that I brought out recently. And just like 
looking at the process of hypertrophy and neuromuscular signaling and how important things like sodium, potassium um, and vitamin C are for those processes, which uh, I won't get into into depth because I'm still learning about that uh, on all the ins and outs myself. So I won't pretend to know things that I don't, but I do know how important our micronutrient intake is uh, for health, physique, hypertrophy, all of that. So especially coming into a competition next year. Uh, I've really wanted to ramp that up for energy reasons and for bring the best package I can possibly bring to stage and health, if I didn't already say health. So that was three, one, two, no, that was fourth. The final one for me is a mindset one. And I'm, I was going to say it's a bit woo-woo, but I read something the other day that was like, when we say something's woo-woo, we're like um, diminishing our beliefs in something because we we are worried about how other people will perceive it. But to be honest, I don't know what else to call it. Like a spiritual, I don't even think it's like spirituality. It's like mindset, just boring old mindset. Um, but something that integrated for me, like actually integrated for me not something I've read I've read this a million times I've heard of this for years and years and years but it actually integrated within me was something that is known in the uh what do we call it we'll call it woo-woo world I believe uh I don't think there's any science to support this uh the law of correspondence which is just that there is a connection. There will always be a connection between our inner and outer world. And this is something I believe and take with this what you will. You may not believe this. You may be switching this podcast off right now, but it is something I believe in. I, I believe our internal, how we think about things, our narratives, our beliefs, our scripts that we run, our subconscious uh, is actually dictating a lot of what happens to us in our outer world. I think we can point to really, really easy examples of this. So, for example, uh, two people could win a competition, you know, and they could both view the experience very, very differently, right? I, maybe that's a shitty example, but I, th- I think you know what I mean. Okay, let me let me think. Let me um, put it in, like, just say a relationship dispute. Just say you have a relationship dispute with your partner, and in your head, say you have like abandonment issues and whatever. You might be very um, aggressive or defensive in terms of having a dispute with them. But if you're coming from like, if anyone's read what's the book? I think it's called Detached about attachment theories just say you you know you're very secure in yourself you're very secure with all of your relationships when you have a dispute that dispute is going to look quite different with the partner because you're not worried that they're going to leave or whatever it's fine you're you're securely attached to them and I think that's a really good example of how our internal affects our outer so the person who's securely attached is going to be able to have a dispute without it being world war three right Uh, it's not going to be the biggest deal but uh, for the other person who isn't their internal beliefs and narratives about how they feel about themselves is going to impact the the way they communicate with their partner and it could mean that they're then going through strings of strings of, of relationships right so I've gone off on a bit of a tangent but I just wanted to explain what the law of correspondence is and I think it's it's really it's really integrated for me just recently that as well how we how we feel actually feel uh, about ourselves, about our day, about our life, about everything that we're doing 
really comes back at us tenfold. And again, it impacts our perception, which impacts our actions and behaviours. So I think all of it is all intertwined. The whole thing is like a big circle. And if we want to make a significant change like that, uh, it is all about embodying the, the feelings, the beliefs, which again will in turn affect our actions of the person that we want to be. And like I was saying, actually with the very first one, so I think this is a very neat way to tidy up my top five, is uh, just how much of an impact, um, or sorry, just how possible it is for us to practice these character traits that we want to embody. And I've been talking a lot to my uh, ladies about this, like, where can you see the holes that you need to plug that you're not happy with? What character trait would plug those holes? And then waking up every single morning with significant intention to lean into those traits. How are you going to lean into that trait today? Can you provide examples of what might happen in your day and how you'll be able to get around this through leaning into those traits? And soon enough with enough intention, that starts to become our default. And the way we perceive the world changes, our beliefs change. Like Again, I'm trying to think of another example of, oh, I've got an, I've got one of a belief I used to hold was I'm responsible for other people's emotions. So believe it or not, I didn't, this didn't, I didn't even know this was true until last year and that we're all responsible for our own emotions. Like I'm not responsible for anyone else's emotions. I'm responsible for what I put out into the world and how I treat people and my actions and what comes out of my mouth but I'm not responsible for how someone perceives that. I can't be. It's not within my control. I can't control that. I actually didn't realize, you might think this is crazy, but I didn't realize that until last year. That's not really how I was brought up. Uh, I think I was brought up in a, in a context where it was like, mm, it's my fault. <laughs> if someone's angry or upset at me, I've done something wrong, right? And yeah, like it's. I know it's kind of crazy uh, because now I've shifted that and I understand that that's not, I again, I'm responsible for what comes out of my mouth and my actions and how I treat people and all that sort of stuff. But how that's taken and perceived, that's not something within my control, right? So I think that that is a great example of now my belief has changed. So my communication is still not that great, but I am consistently working on doing things that or saying things that feel scary to me because, again, I know that it's like, well, this is a truth for me. This is authentic to me. This is important to me. You know, and I weighed up or whether I, you know, it's important to say and I, I think I need to say it with grace, right? So that, that was the mindset example. All righty. Now, actually, just on that note before I, before I uh, finish up, I just wanted to let you know that Shred Phase is coming out really soon. So it's going to be starting on January the 10th. And if you like this kind of mindset stuff, if you are looking to be in a deficit in you know, Jan, Feb, you're in one now and you know maybe not that happy with your results, you want to help level up your results, and you can see either like motivations like or some of these character traits stuff is lacking or you just want to better understand how to get fat loss through nutrition, uh, how do we manage our training to help us um, maintain as much muscle mass as we can, then Shred Phase is a six-week online education course that I'm going to be running, doing some live sessions as well. So if you're listening to this and you really want to get involved, I reckon DM the Fit and Free podcast 
podcast um, Instagram or even my own Instagram um, and just ask me about Shred Face and I can send you through the deets. I've got quite a few people on the wait list and I'm only going to take 10. So I don't know, actually, by the time you're listening to this, Hopefully they're not all full, but they might be. So Defs, just shoot me through a message to see if you can um, jump into that. But I'm super pumped. It's it's going to be like the sister to growth phase, which was very successful that I ran last last year. Uh, I'm getting confused on the dates. I ran this year, but by the time you're listening to this, it'll probably be last year. <laughs> so that's exciting. Now, I just wanted to get to a couple that uh, you guys have posted in terms of your biggest lessons. So the first one is, from one of my clients who said that every time I did something uncomfortable, it paid off a thousand times over, just jump. And her stories are an amazing story. So this client, I I won't name her. Uh, She came to me burning the candle at both ends. And actually, you know what I will, because Soph was on this podcast. So it is Soph. She was on the podcast um, and she, damn, I can't remember the episode number that it was, but you'll be able to see uh, where it's the podcast where Jess and Soph are my guests. Um, and Jess, uh, sorry, Soph actually does talk about this throughout the podcast, so I think she would be okay with me reiterating it. Um, we pulled back on so much for her. When she came to me, she was burning the candle at both ends. We pulled back her step count. We pulled back her training days. Um, we've pulled back on her tracking her macros now, so she's not doing that. She's taken a rest from that, which is awesome. She's also decided to take a rest from weighing herself too there's all of these cliffs that that she has jumped over um, which is super exciting and every time she does it there's a little bit of fear coming up to it but again look going on my lesson three she she takes a punt on herself she's trusting herself and it's just the coolest thing to ever to have seen her grow so I love that one uh, the next one that I think is worth mentioning is lessing, sorry, less is more, but then eating more equals better for performance. So less is more definitely in terms of, uh, you know, training volume, doing lots of junk volume, accumulating a lot of fatigue that is unnecessary, not actually helping you progress. And I think sometimes a lot of women can get really panicked that if they don't do all of the things that they're going to gain body fat. Now, if that's your reason for doing more sets, more reps, it's a shit reason, (laughs) all right? It's not a good reason. Uh, There needs to be some internal work dealing with that because we know for hypertrophy and strength, there's like, you know, volume ranges that we should be working within to um, optimize our outcomes in those areas. Uh, And a lot of the time it's a lot less than you think. I was just saying to someone the other day, like in terms of um, minimum effective dose for uh, maintaining muscle mass, for a particular muscle group is only six sets a week, right? It's not much uh, to maintain what you've got. And I know there's people who actually do pretty good on very minimal volume. And it's like, if you can have very effective training sessions, if you're working with an effective rep range, so keeping your training uh, really close to failure, you don't have to go to failure, but close to failure, Uh, We're going to be progressing doing a lot less. You have a lot more time to recover, a lot more time to do other things with your life as well. So, yes, and then eating more equals better performance. Like, yeah, and, you know, I think sometimes people give deficits a a bad rap because um, I I don't like that there is this mindset where, well, if you're in a deficit, you're not going to be as strong and, you know, the gym sucks when you're in a deficit. It's like, look, I don't think we have to make those blanket calls about deficits because, I mean, I – deadlifted 130 kilos for the first time ever right at the end of a 14-week deficit back in 2018 at 52 kilos. So, no, (laughs) 
But like, would it be optimal, right? If you've got someone coming into a powerlifting competition, you probably wouldn't want to be dieting them. They're not going to be best placed. But it doesn't mean you, you your training sessions are lost in a deficit or that you can't progress. Absolutely, you you potentially can. It's just not it's just not optimal. That's all. So, if we are looking at wanting to fuel our performance, then you know maintenance is going to be a much better time than a deficit. But it's not to write off deficits or be like, well, if you're in a deficit, you you just totally can't make progress in the gym that's not true right you know if you've been listening to my podcast for a lot you know I'm a woman of nuance um the next one is consistency is key it's discipline not motivation we're all capable of what we want so yes we're all capable of what we want I do think sometimes that it can take some practice again this character trait practice and significant amounts of intention then we need to make sure what we're doing corresponds with what we value in life so um, I've been, I actually wrote a big, big, big unit for shred phase on motivation, which I'm very excited to share with you. So I've been pondering the, the thought of motivation a lot. And I was actually looking at what does motivation mean? And it actually means the internal processes we need to undertake to get things done. And I love that because I actually was under the impression that motivation was maybe like a bit of a feeling, but it's not, it's just the internal processes that we need to undertake to get things done. And, uh, in, in shred phase, I've got through and broken motivation down into a number of different pillars. Um, I was just looking at social cognitive, uh, social cognitive theory in terms of motivation, which is very, very interesting. And we're going to be going through that because I was like, you know what, if we can engineer motivation, then we don't even really have to rely on like discipline or action or any of those sorts of things, because we're going to want to do the thing, right? And if you want to do the thing, motivation is present okay it's wanting to do the thing and it's like feelings can come and go but we still might want to do something so for example you might not exactly feel like hmm, going to the gym on a particular day but if you're working towards a particular outcome you want that particular outcome so you're going to go right so I think that that is really, really important to note. And yeah, I'm just super excited for shred phase and taking everyone through that, the, the motiv- motivation work and then the goal setting coming off that um, to help really, really cultivate and engineer that feeling that of drive that we, we get, which is really exciting. And the last one is just trust the process. And like, I couldn't agree more with trust the process. I think uh, I was playing around with the phrase active patience the other day. I think that's really important. It's the delayed gratification spiel I gave you when I was talking about uh, sacrificing the ice cream for the bike especially in the physique game, delayed gratification is going to be your best friend. And it doesn't mean because I think then people are like, no, you shouldn't have to be patient because, you know, results should be coming in every week. And it's like, fucking hell, can we just have some nuance with this again? Like it's not all black and white, right? For example, with the fat loss phase, right? So we're going to see results faster in a fat loss phase than we would with a muscle hypertrophy phase, right? But 
in a fat loss phase, just because we're going to see results faster. Some people are going to see results really early on in the first couple of weeks, especially those people who actually have quite a lot of weight to lose and significantly change their habits, kind of like with the click of the fingers. Those type of people are probably going to see big results in those first few weeks. And a lot of those results is what we see plastered on Instagram. Okay. The person who's really fucking lean already and already has their habits and lifestyle dialed in, it may take them six, seven, eight weeks to start to see a physique result. And I'll tell you, that's what happens with me. It takes me quite a while to start to see a physique result because I'm, look, I'm just going to say I'm super, super consistent with my training and nutrition. Um, It's always running at about 80%, like constantly running at about 80%. I'm not perfect, but it's pretty damn good. Um, So it does take quite a bit and I'm pretty lean. So it does take quite a bit to um, shift that dial down. Okay. So for me, just being actively patient is like waiting six to seven weeks, right? So that's, um, that's trusting the process. Uh, I think a lot of the times again with high achievers we're never thinking we're doing enough we're always wanting to be doing more and our results even when they come they're not good enough and I can see this in other areas of my life where I've just created ridiculous amounts of success and yet it's not good enough because uh, someone else is in my circle and I can see them doing, you know, 10 times what I'm doing or whatever. And it's like, well, if I know that that's true, I can see an example of that. That means I believe I'm capable of it. And then I'm kind of like, well, why aren't I there yet? And so I get it too, you know, and so often I have to pull myself back and go, okay, you know what? You need to do your chapter one, two, three, four, five, because they're on chapter 20 and you haven't even finished chapter one. So I totally agree with trust in the process. All right, everybody, I hope you really enjoyed my five top lessons and then a couple or a few coming from Instawebs. I just wanted to say how much I appreciate everyone for listening, for sharing it on the socials, this podcast, for sharing the podcast with your friends, for telling people about it, for messaging me, for asking questions, for contributing. You don't understand how much this podcast means to me. It it means so much. Connecting with all of you means so much as well. And thank you for an amazing first six months for an amazing 2021 uh, and I'm super super excited for what is to come with this podcast so finally if you enjoyed it please 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 share it on your stories please tag myself and the podcast Instagram I really appreciate it in terms of coaching I think I will be having some places opening up in the next couple of weeks so this is you're listening to this early Jan um, so definitely DM me if you want to jump in and just a reminder for shred phase if you want to jump into that do shoot me a message and um, i'm super excited to be running that course that's all for me over and out